We know that uh, proceedings started on Monday at the ICJ, and this is different from what happened last month. This time it's uh, focusing on the occupation of Palestine and not uh, specifically the genocide in Gaza, which was the focus uh, last month when South Africa took the issue to the ICJ. Uh, We have been reporting on Radio Islam International on the proceedings in terms of the different uh, representations that have been made uh, thus far. And we link up to Aisha Vahed, uh, a a South African who resides in, uh, in the Netherlands and who has been reporting on uh, issues at uh, the ICJ. Aisha, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to Radio Islam International. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and jazakallah for having me. Let me start on, on a broader note by asking you, what's the mood like in uh, in Amsterdam and, and, and what's the mood like in the country where these hearings are unfolding? Is there an interest uh, amongst common people? Is there quite a bit of focus in the media? What would you say is the overall sentiment? Is it pro-Palestinian or not? So from the time I uh, moved here and um, when the October 7 uh, incident happened, I think it's been the first time that many Dutch people or many people in this country have actually uh, looked at the Palestinian plight. There's many of them that simply didn't know what was happening in Palestine, what was happening in Gaza, uh, about the occupation. And I've seen a great awakening since then. We do have a large Turkish and Moroccan community here, um, very staunch Muslim community practicing about three or four generations old. And they are really strong in their stance on Palestine, unapologetic, protesting, speaking about Palestine in the Masajid, uh, creating awareness at the universities. But for the first time, I think it's been a lot of um, research and a lot of education education to the European people, even the uh, neighboring European countries as well. And it's a very pro-sentiment, um, Palestinian sentiment. The government hasn't been pro-Palestinian in the sense that they've still been supplying weapons to Israel. And a high court injunction came down uh, about 10 days ago to say that they can no longer do that. So the people are also taking the government to task uh, in terms of Palestine. Very pro-Palestinian marches have been uh, weekly. Every Thursday, there's been a sit-in at the train stations. They've shut down the airport. It's very refreshing and uh, very sort of the solidarity has been really good from the Dutch people. Now, you've been at at the center of the proceedings and you've been... uh following the proceedings, how similar and how different are these proceedings from what happened a couple of weeks ago when, when, when South Africa made representation about uh, the genocide in, uh, in Gaza? So the South African case was a case based on the Genocide Convention to which Israel is a party member. And the Genocide Convention basically prevents any country from committing a genocide on another country. Those proceedings are binding And because Israel is a member to the convention, they are bound by those proceedings. So anything that the court submits or any provisional measures that they put in place, their final order is binding as the highest court, as the world court, as the international court of justice on Israel. And they are supposed to be following those provisional measures at all. As we know, Israel is a law unto themselves and they have not been complying with the provisional measures. But in terms of international law, they are supposed to be complying. These proceedings are much broader in nature. 52 countries are submitting to the court the legal consequences on the occupation in Palestine. 
And these proceedings are non-binding. So these proceedings are an advisory opinion actually requested by the United Nations Security Council or the General Assembly to the court. They have asked the court for an advisory opinion. And each country is coming forward and submitting in terms of their country, what they think the legal consequences of the occupation are and are asking the court so far, they've just been asking the court to realize the self-determination of the Palestinian people, to end the occupation, to end apartheid. So the differences are that one case is binding, the other Mm. case is not binding, but it becomes part of international law. Now, who's who's presented and who's going to present? Uh, is, Is it correct that uh, there are going to be countries that will present a very pro-Israel perspective. Largely, it's been countries presenting in terms of Palestine. So far, we haven't had any pro-Israel presentations. We we started off the first day with uh, submissions by Palestine themselves, as is fitting. So that, that entire day was uh, dedicated to Palestinian submissions. And yesterday we had uh, South Africa, we had Algeria, Saudi Arabia, Bangladesh, the Netherlands themselves, Belgium, Belize, Bolivia. Each day we have countries coming forward. Canada was supposed to make oral submissions to the court yesterday. They pulled out and it's believed that it's largely political because this case was brought before October 7. With all of the focus on October 7, they've decided uh, to take a more neutral stance. The only submission that people believe would be against uh, Palestine or pro-Israel would be the submission today from the United States. So today the United States will be submitting to the court. They are all submissions. What kind of time frames are we looking at, Aisha? Uh, I mean, how, how long before all the presentations uh, take place and there's some finality to the outcome? In terms of an advisory opinion, generally it takes about six months for an outcome. The court may give an outcome sooner because of the nature of what's happening right now in Gaza because of the aggression. But be that as it may, we've, we already have those provisional measures in place with the ICJ case. So in terms of the law, there, there is binding legal um, Uh, provisional measures that have been set down to ask Israel in no uncertain terms to stop the military aggression to let in humanitarian aid. So right now the problem is not really with the court, it's with the enforcing mechanisms and it's up to the state members and the countries to force Israel to comply if they're not going to comply. Finally then on a a personal level, how long have you been uh, residing in the Netherlands? What took you there and and how do you find life overall uh, staying in, uh, in, in Netherlands? So I'm just here for a year, going on a year last week. Um, it's been a bit of a challenge in terms of the language. So I've started Dutch classes. And is it I'm not similar to Afrikaans? It is in a way. You know, everybody asks me that question. So I can understand uh, things on the train. For example, the words are easier to understand. But when they speak the language, it's a whole different story. Uh, okay. It's so fast and the pronunciation is so different. Uh, so that's been a challenge. Muslim communities are really big here. Alhamdulillah, but the language gap makes it a bit difficult to integrate. So that's the struggle. All right, Aisha. Shukran so much for chatting to us this morning. We really appreciate it. Afan. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Aisha Vahed, a South African from uh, Kruenstadt. No, not Kruenstadt. Valcom. How did I get that wrong? Uh, Residing now in the uh, Netherlands and talking to us about uh, the ICJ hearings uh, unfolding there.